This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. It's Tuesday night. I'm looking over the great city and tell you what, have I got a guest for you tonight, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Before I go there, though, let me just run through a bit of news because there's been loads of news today. And I'll be honest, I want to get this out the way because me and my guests are going to get super excited very shortly. <laughs> so... Um, Quick Commonwealth Games recap. Peter McGrail uh, won again today. So that's a win over the Kenyan by knockout. He beat the Ghanaian on points today. He now goes for a medal on Friday against the representative from India. Peter McGrail, of course, Liverpool's current European champion. He was looking ahead to Tokyo 2020. Still on gold medal course. Uh, also going to be announced later today or first thing tomorrow morning on Wednesday, I hope, is uh, Paul Butler versus Emmanuel Rodriguez for the vacant IBF bantamweight title. That is destined for Hey Bell U2 undercard at the O2 in London on May the 5th. Uh, and it should, as I say, should be confirmed inside the next 24 hours. Five fans will know Paul Butler was the former IBF champion anyway. He gave up that belt a few years ago, uh, moving back down to Superfly. Big mistake. He's back up at Bantam now. He wants his old belt back. And you know what? The added incentive with that world title belt is World Boxing Super Series are going to do Bantamweights back end of this year, which means it's going to be worth literally tens of millions if he can keep hold of that belt and get in the mix. So fingers crossed for Paul Butler. Uh, final bit of local news, undefeated cruiserweight Jay, Fair, Jay Farrell has left John Smith in Stockbridge to move over to Masha, Dom, Masha Dodd's gym sorry, over in, uh, in, in Adventure in Birkenhead. That's with coaches Sean Trodden and Danny Kelly. That's an exciting move. And also Steve Wood is going to come back to the BT Convention Centre on May 12th uh, with another card absolutely packed with scousers Nathan Corliss Nathan Bennett amongst all those guys and one final bit of news Nathan Cartwright from Ellesmere Port will challenge for the WBO European welterweight title against Darren Tetley on the big Selby versus Warrington card at Ellen Rhodes in Leeds on May the 19th Whew, that's it that's Please. our news out the way <laughs> Molly McCann, Meatball, is in studio what um, is? with today's big news. Yeah, go on, I'll let you say it. I'll let it's you UFC, say it. baby. Yes. It's UFC, baby. <laughs> we in the big show. Oh, yeah. Oh, my we, Hey, baby, we did it. We did it, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it was funny. Molly came into the studio and she was like, "I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna try and calm down, suppress it." And I'm like, "I'm not. Yeah. I'm gonna get super excited. Was, you I'm can do what you like." Sweating now like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the big time, the big show came calling in the end. It's sensational news. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, and you were saying it would be a dream come true. But I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket and blah blah. That's what you're supposed to say. Of though, course, isn't it? of course, yeah. But <laughs> secretly at home, did you get any sleep? Did you stop watching UFC? Did at any point did you think, you know what? Maybe it's not for me this time. Maybe uh, move on. Do you know the first when it got announced on the Friday um, that it was coming? Yeah. You can only imagine my phone probably blew up as much as what Darren's did. Yeah. And it was like on the Friday, um, my manager Graham got in touch with Mick Maynard and was like, "Well, I've got these on the cards. I'm presuming you're going to want Molly McCann." And Mick was like, um, "The division's full at the minute, so we're going to have to wait till we've dropped someone." And then after the weekend of the bombardment of online, just, yep. just all the scouses and all the MMA fight fans, it didn't stop. He was like, well, if we can get you on, we'll get you on. And We were I, pushing it on this very show. We were yeah. like, can't have a show without Molly. You can't have a party without Molly. I know. And then I'm sure Everton had quite a lot to do with it. Um, and just the fans even, 
we're on this day. It got leaked, kind of, that I may have signed an X amount of fight deal with them, but no one's confirmed or denied. And I'm still getting 50, 60, 70 tweets a day, like, why isn't Molly in the UFC? Da, 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 da. As well as my training partners, as well as as Lee Chaddy, as well as the rest in the city. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. You can't move the show from Dublin to Liverpool because of lack of talent in that area. To then not ha- only have Darren on from Liverpool, it's just, you should have just stayed in Dublin. Do you know what I mean? Plus, you know, Darren's been on LFC TV and stuff like that, so we needed a bit of blue in there. Obviously. You know, you know couldn't, know just have a, couldn't have, just have a Liverpool party. <laughs> and... I know, it's half, it's always when it's me and Paddy, half of it's blue, half of it's red, so nothing's changed. Tickets obviously go on sale on Friday. In fact, you know what? Before, while I talk about tickets, let's give this ticket thing a bit of a read because uh, it'll keep Vicky at the UFC happy. Uh, well, tickets, like just to let you know, yeah, tickets go on sale officially on Friday from the Echo Arena box office online or from Ticketmaster. Tickets are priced 50 75 95 115 and 175 for ringside. That is officially going on sale from Friday. Now, if you go onto UFC.com, you can sign up for earlier ticket access. So I think it, there's one package where you sign up, it's free. You can access tickets from Thursday morning, 10 a.m. And there's another package which I think you have to pay for, but you can actually access tickets no. from Wednesday yeah. at 10 a.m. Listen, I've said it before, I've been saying it since they announced it. Do not wait on these tickets. This is not like a boxing show. This is not like when Tony Bellew or the Smiths or anyone else is on and you think, you know what, it's going to be a good night. I'll rock up on the night and pay on the door. Yeah, you no. will not pay on the no, door. It's 100%. These tickets will go Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll be surprised. They go on sale officially 10 a.m. Friday. I will be surprised if there's tickets available at noon. Yeah, I'm telling you no, now. I'm 100%, they'll be gone. Yeah. What's obviously with boxing, you mentioned boxing there, mm-hmm. Molly. Yeah. This city is used to fight fans. We'll rock up to boxers and go, Beefy Smith, yeah, you're boxing at the Echo Arena. Can I get four tickets for the lads? I'll pick the money up. UFC doesn't work like that. Oh my, Officially, yeah. you've got no tickets, have yeah, you? No, because normally I've I've got tickets yeah. and I'm like, I'm not trying to sell them, but I'm like, yeah, come on, come, come down the gym. We've got hundreds. Yeah. And now it's like, I've got four. And obviously that goes to my family. So I I have got no tickets. This is going to, it's going to, what's more stressful, having to sort tickets out or having to tell people, no, I haven't got none because I'm, I'm going to get, the people who've come out of the woodwork who I've never spoke to before anyway. Some <laughs> some lads inboxed me like, hey, can I have tickets to the UFC? I was like, I was in a bit of a bad mood. And I was like, have you ever supported me or came to watch me when I was like in the Olympia or like Crocky, Crocky Old Park? And they was like, no. I was like, well, what, what makes you think I'm going to give you? you them now? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but no, I've got no tickets. It's all Ticketmaster. It's all the Echo. So, yeah. um, Is that a relief? In one way, because you haven't got the headache of having to go yeah, around selling tickets could, for the change. I probably could have made, think how much money I could have made well, on selling I was just going to say, of course. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, but you know, every fight I've had, um, MMA hasn't come through this. It's still young. So in boxing and, and when you come through the amateurs, you kind of, you're well-schooled and you don't kind of have to deal with that as much, as bad. Or you don't have to work as much as what we have to work. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, of course. I only stopped working for that last fight camp for a world title. That was the first camp that I've been able to be a full-time athlete. And um, and I think you can see my performances as as Paul's done more stuff with me at Next Gen when I started coming back to Liverpool. Um, my performances got better and my workloads got less. And then my performance in, in the, the octagon has just got better and better. So I know, I know who I'm fighting and I know... I'd quite happily fight. I'd fight the champion tomorrow, and I know I'd batter her everywhere. So, um, it's 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 a lot off my mind not having to deal with tickets. In terms of 
the tickets and the access, obviously, when you fight, mm-hmm. like when Paddy fights, when Paddy fights, half the crowd looks like Ketwig Mafia. Yeah, All yeah, the yeah, kids yeah. with the big haircuts, yeah, they yeah. love it. And then the other half the crowd looks like hen nights. It looks, looks like about 100 hen nights in yeah. one location That's at once. That's what someone said. Was it's like, it's mental. Ch- it's, it's like, it's ch- we, we've changed what, Completely. The, what the, what, um, what, what, what would you say, like the demographic? The demographic is, of yeah. the crowd, yeah, So of it would be, used to be skinhead, juiceheads, like getting up to all kinds on a weekend and now it's yeah. like I'm getting five, six, seven-year-olds coming in the gym asking can they have tickets and I remember being a kid and I said this to you before, I looked up to Katie Taylor and I looked up to Natasha Jonas and I was like, I want to be that and at that moment in time they weren't on the scale that they are now mm-hmm. and I don't see myself on any kind of scale but I'm starting to see what I looked looked up to, like a lot more kids are starting to do that to me and, and women and the amount of men, messages that I get sent off men who, who start an MMA because they've watched me fight or heard my story. It's like, freaking hell, I'm just this this girl from Norris Green, do you know what I mean? He used to play football and tried to box and weren't allowed in the boxing gym and now, like, look where, look where we are. It is great. And we'll certainly come on to your, your story, your personal story in the in the second part of the mm-hmm. show, but... What, what are you going to do with all the girls then? All these girls that are used to going out in gangs and buying tickets and going to your events <laughs> and then coming into town afterwards yeah. and having a night out and, and they're sipping champagne and literally it's like a hen do. They love yeah, it. Yeah. Have you warned them all? Have you said to them, listen, well, don't mess about, buy your tickets? Well, my... Uh, yeah and no. So it's kind of like, Molly, Molly, are you on the, on the cards? I'm like... Um, um, do you know what I mean? I really haven't told the world. Of course. Um, it's going to blow up today, but... I've got my, my circle and my clique, they've got credit cards waiting for when I'm fighting in Vegas, so yeah, yeah. this is this is no biggie. Um, I'll always have me after parties at the beer keller, so if whoever doesn't get in there, they, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, be get, they'll be getting into the beer keller and I, I'll, I'm always going to go for a drink after with my with my people, do yeah. you know what I mean? So. It's going to be incredible. I'm, I'm trying to... Obviously, the UFC event in Dublin is still kind of remembered as the loudest event and the fans no, are berserk and everything ne- else. But they, they don't, don't know, even know do what's coming. I know. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. Like, I'm working with Everton trying to get like flags for everyone, a sea of blue. Do you know what I mean? And up, like, I think I'm opening the cards. I think I'm one of the first. If I'm not the first on, I'll be one of the first on. Mm-hmm. But I know I know how full it's going to be when I go on. Like I know how many people are going to be in there. And, um, and I tell you, it was my me, me pro debut in MMA. The weekend before was the Dublin card, and I remember sitting there watching, and I was thinking, "Oh my God, I'm gonna do this one. I am gonna do this one day." And it's like only a few years, how long? Maybe f- I think I've been pro for three years. Three years down the line, I've I've done, I've headlined it, I've done it, and and to be a female and headline it and see Paddy was on before me, and I was half expecting people to leave after Paddy of Force because it was his, some of it was his following. Mm-hmm. And when I've come out, you'd have seen me. I had me, me Liverpool flag on. I just looked round. So I was like, there's Darren Till. Yeah. He's come to watch. <laughs> and then I'm looking at him seeing all these people and I was like, everyone's still here. Yeah. And and it is, I think me and Paddy have changed it to more like, it's like a house party when you, it's not, obviously when you go to Dublin, it's like, ole, 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 ole. It's like a football theme. But when you yeah. come here, it's like a house every weekend, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and then there's every fight has got a different after party and it's like a little mini Vegas going on, isn't it? So Last time I spoke to you before the Cage Warriors fight, um, mm. before you won the world title, the big question that we left was, what are you going to walk out to? Have you even given a second thought oh, yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ian Longo mixed me last... The 
the last mix that I had was the the two songs that I had come out to and the two previous fights put put in one. Okay. So it was Red Carpet All Right mixed with Cola by Camel Fat. And Ian literally messaged me and he went, Right, you can come to ours and we'll sit there and we'll go through it. But I'd like I'd like it to be a something to do with like with Liverpool, like an old an old anthem. Just mm-hmm. just brought back a little bit. Um because obviously I used to box in the Golden Gloves and talk stuff and when we'd we box we'd listen to rap and it was all like like angry music. Yeah. And then when I started doing MMA it was all like because there was more conditioning and stuff, we do be doing it to house music. So I feel like MMA is a little bit more housey. Um, well, it is up here anyway. So I'm just gonna play to the to the demographic and my people are house people or or just go out for three days kinds of people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, so yeah, I'll be catering to them. But it's gonna be the walkout's not gonna be like what it was when you're walking out for a world title. Do you know what I mean? It's I've had this question. Um, I'm starting off at the bottom of the bracket. Yeah. Of the ladder, sorry, and my last fight, I was the champion, and now I'm coming in as a contender, which I'm fine by because I've been, I've been the working class hero or the underdog my whole life, so it's kind of better for me to be that person. Yeah, um, yeah I've I've been used to carrying a belt round, and now I'll be used to carrying other people's bags round. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm 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 buzzing to be able to start the journey again, and and it's oh, it's going to be sick. It's just like it was me and Paddy before, and now it's going to be me and Darren. Do you know what I mean? So. A strong female and a strong male. Yeah. Both decent role models and um, we're going to light the city up that night. Both been on amazing journeys as well, which mm-hmm. I think sums up fight sports perfectly. Yeah. In terms of um, on the night then, you've obviously started to think about your walk, your dressing room, what that's going to be like. Obviously, yeah, because it's not going to be like what I'm used to. Well, of course. Well, it's, ho- it's home it'll away from s- home. Yeah, it'll be the it'll same. It'll be the same. Yeah. But it's kind of like it's kind of like you've 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 played at Goodison. You're a regular there now, but suddenly you're playing for England in an international at Goodison. It's kind of how it is. So it's kind of the same, but then different in terms of you know same same but different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't, you're not necessarily going to be the headliner. Yeah, but you're certainly going to be the main attraction. But, but you know what? That's cool. Like hey, in April last year was my first pro fight on Cage Warriors, and Paddy was fighting lads in the headline. And I put on such a show yep. that people was like, "Who's? Oh, we slept on here. Who's that?" And then the next one, um, I cemented myself because she was, she'd had about twenty more fights than me. And then I'd done that growing then, and in that last that world title fight, it was like, I know how to deal with this now. So you yeah. can put me in on the UFC. You could put me in on the title fight. Like there was a pull out, and I'll come in, and I can handle anything that's going to be thrown at me, like the nerves, the pressure. Any of that, it's not there because I've dealt with it. I don't think I'll ever have to feel pressure like February twenty eighth again in my life. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it, honestly, I've I'm like this aggy person who's like pacing ADHD up to death, and um, and that last fight I was, I was walking through town and um, and I went and had to sleep, and then I came and I got a coffee, burnt my tongue fuming in the car on the way to the echo. I was like, that's like for God's sake, and then um. And then it was my best performance. So I know I've done it that many times now where it doesn't get... I haven't got to deal with that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I can just bounce off the crowd. Like, who do you know who goes and sits with the crowd before they fight or watches their, their training partners fight and cheers them or corners Just them. you and Paddy? Yeah. That's the only thing yeah. I've seen do it. Yeah. That, that'd be the beauty this time around is, though, that you can go in, do your business, get your win, start the party, 
and then kick back and enjoy the party. Well, I'm, not e- like, yeah. I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to. When I was in, I was in UFC 218 with Amanda Bobby Cooper, and I was in her corner. And after she fought, she wasn't allowed to sit in the crowd. And I listen, was like, "Listen, pfft. I'll have a seat at ringside. You come and sit with yeah. me, Mal. You come and sit with me, no problem." You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City's Talk. I am joined in the studio by the one and only. UFC's latest signing, Molly McCann. Stick with us on part two. We're going to talk about her journey into MMA and then a little bit more about that fight coming up on May 27th. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Molly McCann is in the UFC and she's still in studio with me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I've been so happy with this news today. Yeah. Um, T- tell us about this journey then for anyone listening for the first time might be going, Molly McCann, I've seen the name, I've, I haven't seen a fight. I, what you, tell us about your journey to come to this sport. Um, Where did it all begin <clears> for you? It started with... Um, Football first, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I was... Oh, yeah, you make me say it every time, don't you? I played for Liverpool. Um, How old was you then, Mom? 16. 16. I started playing football when I was 15, 14. And, um, and that in school? Yeah, yeah. What school it was. was it? Were you went to? Yeah, I went to secondary school down south. Oh right, okay. So I went to primary school up here. I born lived up here. Mm-hmm. Um, mum moved down south. Went down there with her um, to a place called Bournemouth. And um, I was on a one of my cousins was playing in Devon in some tournaments. So we was in like Butlins or Pontons or something. And I've gone down and I've ended up stepping in with the team and playing as a ringer. And um, someone see me who coached at Liverpool and went. Yeah, here's Keith Cliff's number. Give him a message and go down for the trial. And I did, and then I got in. And then I was like, Mum, toodaloo, I'm going back home. <laughs> and I, I rang me nan up and went, Nan, can I come up for two weeks? And she went, yeah. And I've, I've just never left me nan since. Um, <laughs> well, obviously I've, but I've always always been nanny's girl. Yeah. And I um, played for them for a few years and I got injured. And when I started playing football I was at college and mm-hmm. I was at Liverpool Community College and they had a boxing course on um, so it was like sports recreation and the sporting side was the boxing so Kevin Smith I know Kevin um, currently at the Commonwealth Games at the Commonwealth Games yeah. oh, he's been Australia's with, yeah. head coach yeah so he as um, he was my coach anyway and um, I remember I'm not sure sorry I tell the story a lot so I forget who I've told it to but before my first fight, it was in the Kirby Suites and um, the Quigleys were on it, Fowler was on it, and I was on it, do you know what I mean? So, like, it was a good little, a good a good bunch of kids was on the fight. And before I've gone in there, Kev had, like, this sick young gun out of his mouth <laughs> and this towel over his shoulder, you know what he's like, just yeah, dead, yeah. like, and it, his Everton hat. And he goes, um, love? I went, yes, coach. Like, I'm flapping it. He's going, all my mates are out there don't make a show of me and I'm like that oh my god talk about you got jelly legs anyway before you're fighting don't embarrass your coach this was 2007 (laughs) so this is like girls don't even fight then do you know what I mean and it's like everyone's looking and they're thinking what what is this and you know what you know what the judging can be like in Liverpool like it's like hard work and I've got in and I battered the girl anyway and um and when I got out, he put his arm around me and he smiled because all of his mates was like, 
everyone knows Kev for being like Cuban Kev. Like he he taught like a, a different style, and our gym had a different style to most. Absolutely. And some people didn't agree with it. Some people did. Um, each to their own preference, I suppose. He should have been made Liverpool Boxing Development Officer. Oh, he should have been all of that stuff with yeah. DBA. But anyway, anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's not go down that road. And I'm, I could have still be boxing if he didn't go away because he went to Scotland didn't he That's right. and then he went to was it Ghana or Kenya or I don't know I was watching the Olympic Games and I've just seen Kevin walk London 2012 else. and Kevin's walk and I was like yeah. he's wearing an African headpiece I was like who is he even coaching <laughs> my life could have been could have been different if he if he hadn't didn't have to leave yeah. but um, look I'm where I need to be at where I need to be so anyway I was boxing playing football and my football career came to an end when I was 20, I got injured and I was like, I got back into Liverpool reserves and I weren't pushing first team and I was like, I'm not, I'm not a reserve team, I'm not going to play for the reserves. No, no disrespect for that, but yeah. I was 20 and that's like a development thing, you want to be pushing. Of course. And when I was 16, playing at a good level, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go back on, on my development. Yeah. So, um, I went to university, I went to John Moores and then I discovered ale and drinking and I stopped I weren't an athlete no more. I was like, oh, I just, I'll coach. Just like a normal 20 year old girl, basically. Yeah, I was like, just, I call it like normal human behaviour. Um, so, but I've still got this thing in my head of like, anything I do is to the 100% maximum. So I'm 100% in or out. So when I was at uni, I was like, I was just wild for two. Just, just a party animal, basically. Oh, yeah, in yeah, in the loosest sense. And I worked on rubber sole and I worked in passion. I say on rubber sole. I worked in rubber sole and I passion. And Danny Roberts, Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts mm-hmm. and Chris Fishgold was both working there. And they used to go, come, Mal, come down to Next Gen and come move Rosie Sexton around with your hands. And I was like, um, all right. So I'd come in and I could, no disrespect to Rosie, but I could light her up with my hands if she could take me down, I wouldn't move. And she'd, like, course. destroy me in one. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I had no wrestling defence, but trying to get in, if all I've got is my hands, you're not getting in. Yeah. And um, and I used to watch them rolling. I used to say, Paul, oh, I'm not into that, mate. I, I'll come down to Spa Rosie, but that's it. And then, what was it, a year or two, two late, a year later, Ronda Rousey fights Liz Carmouche. The next day, I'm walking to that gym, and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Told you, and he told everyone, I'm not coming back. This is it. And they, wow. all, they were all like, and I said to you before, I was like, I'd even done one class, Nick. I hadn't yeah. even done the session. And I had told everyone, This is what I'm going to be a world champion. Watch this. And um, you haven't even rolled Jiu Jitsu once. I haven't even done Jiu Jitsu once. Yeah. So um, I did it. I was a horse poo at Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> um, took to wrestling well. Thai boxing, bit of bread and butter for me from kicking, from football. Boxing, I'm always going to be that. My boxing style, where I'm short and a powerhouse, it went. It didn't suit point scoring, and that was yeah. that's what it was back then. But In the amateur boxing, yeah. Kev Barrett made me a point scorer, so I I fight MMA sometimes and still throw check hooks or start hitting these angles. And when I started MMA, people was like, mm, "I'm not sure about that." But now you watch like the TJ Dillashaw and all them, and they're all doing the switching stance, to doing this, they're doing that. So, um, I wouldn't change. It took me the longest route to get to where I am, um, but I finally made the elite level of a sport that this is actually what I was supposed to do. My style, my will to win, and my heart is kind of it relishes in this sport. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like I think it, it it could get lost in boxing because of the politics or 
it's easy to buy your way to the top in boxing. You can't you can't cheat and fake your way to the top in MMA. You just no. ca- you you can't you can't throw a fight. You, I just don't think it's ever been done, or especially not in the UFC. Maybe like in Japan or somewhere yeah, like yeah, that in course. Brazil. But it's definitely it's it's not that kind of thing. And and you know the people who come to watch me fight in MMA now are probably the ones who whose parties or kitchens I was in like years ago. Like they're the ones that come out of the woodwork because they're all about the party. So if you can make a fight night a bit of a party and like <laughs> like a festival, then the Scouses are in. And when they're in, they're going nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're mm. in exactly. In terms of this development, then you say you know Kevin Smith had a massive part in your boxing career, and who knows if he'd have stuck around. Mm-hmm. How big a role then has Paul Rimmer played then in, in all of this? You know, meeting Paul for the first time. Obviously, you were laughing and joking, saying that the Roland's not for me. Yeah. But obviously, from a coaching perspective, because of your striking background, you I, couldn't have landed with a better best coach. Reason. So, here's the here's the story of it. I was at Next Gen for about four months, and then I moved to Bournemouth because my dad got ill with my mum. So I was then in a place called Ipon. And the head coach is called Jeff Lawson, and he was on the Ultimate Fighter when it was Mike Bisbon versus Dan Henderson. Mm-hmm. So he was like UK versus USA. He's a judo background. So yeah. I was speaking to Paul, and I was like, Paul, I'm going to carry on doing MMA, but I've got to move away. I've got stuff I've got to go and handle. I'll be back when I when I can come back. And I always promised him I'd be back. And he's like, All right, well, I know Jeff Lawson's down there. He's really good at grappling. So I went to Bournemouth, and. I had to work. I was working and trying to make the the dream work and train. And it was really, really hard. And I took out a bit off more than I could chew. I was like, I was running their striking team. I was having my own boxing team down there, as well as trying to get my own development in. And it was just always hard work. But when you're starting out, it's always going to be like that, isn't it? It's like you start your own business. You don't you don't make money for about three years. Do you know what I mean? So it was a self-investment constantly. And, and Jeff Lawson... Um, a, a guy called Kane Charrick, he's my wrestling coach. Um, there's a guy called Andy Kerr down there. They all put so much into me, and I put so much into myself. I can give them a lot of credit, but um, you're the one that turned up. It, it was you're me. The one that did the and, sessions. And, yeah, and I and I know that. But then, um, when my dad passed, I said to my mum, like, I want to go back home, and I'm I'm not. We had this thing like. When my dad passed, it was me and my mum. And if I came back here, I was the only family. All our family's here. Yeah, so yeah. she'd be the only one down there. Even though she's got way connect and friends that she's been friends with 15 years, it was a little girl's gone and a fella's gone. And, and she broke down one day and she was like, he he promised he wouldn't leave you. Now you're leaving. And I was like, freaking hell, mum. Freaking X Factor card there, aren't you? Like the guilt trip and all that. But... <laughs> My mum's my mum and she's the reason I am who I am and she's taught me everything about life. So I was like, I was getting the train to Liverpool, training for three days, getting the train back to Bournemouth and trying to make it work. And then when I fought Priscilla D'Souza, she just went, go on, do your whole fight camp up there. And yeah. then when the world title thing came, she went, "You can, I'm ready, you can go, you can move back. And and you've really seen the difference in, in, in my fighting when I haven't been stressed and... I'm weak and tired and exhausted. I'm a whole. I'm, an, I'm like you. Just don't even want to get in there with me. Do you know what I mean? But the person who has what is it? Polished the diamonds in the rough is Paul Rimmer, and I. I owe me. I owe everything to him, and I have such a good relationship with him. I have such a good relationship with his wife and his kids. Like I'll do PTs with his his son Jack on a weekend, and 
um, his little daughter isn't into MMA and then she got into football. So Paul's like, well, will you, will you speak to her about the football? And he's Uncle Rim. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like, you have so much respect for your coach and I have this thing, it must be like, it must be abandonment issues and me, and me dad going, but I've always looked for that strong male person to always be in my life. Yeah. And... Um, and it was always my coach, but something's always happened where the coach has gone. Kev Smith had to go to Scotland, and then it was Kevin Barrett took over the gloves, and then he had to move to London, and then everyone who I'd always attached to just got off. And then Paul's like the the one constant that just is going nowhere, and um, he he knows how much I'm willing to give him, and he he said like out of everyone he's coached, I'm like the one who doesn't have to shout at. Do you know what I mean? Like the boys will be boys, of course. And with the girl, it's not, it's not my. This this is gonna sound bad. Fighting isn't necessarily woman's world, so he knows how hard and extra work I have to put in just to be recognised on the same level, and that's why he's willing to give it back. But, um, you you see my progression in sixteen months. Like I know, in another six months, there wouldn't be a person who who is gonna be able to beat me in the UFC. I still think everyone's got room for development, but I just think I'm on the level now where I'm I'm capable and able to to beat anyone on my day. But even I think six more months I'll beat you on my worst day. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. In terms of Paul, then, um, because if you look at the history of mixed martial arts in Liverpool in this city over the last decade, and the and the UFC fighters that have gone before you. To a man, every single one has, has at some point crossed Paul Rimmer, has trained with Paul, Paul Rimmer. Yeah. Yet the way things have worked out is Paul Rimmer's never walked a Scouse fighter to the octagon. He's never walked anyone to the octagon. It, no, he is walked he cornered, Rosie, he cornered, cornered Rosie. Sorry, he did cause him, but he's never walked a Scouser to the yeah, octagon. So, and I think he got Rosie when she was halfway through her career. Yeah. Well, it's tail end of a career, the tail to end, be yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he knew... He's had me from the beginning of my MMA journey. Yeah. And um, it's very rare that you get, I'm proud of you from Paul, or I love you. And um, after that last fight, it was like, I'm proud of you. Like, you've done it. You've Like, I, I love you. And to hear them words, it's just like... But to give him... To give him a T-shirt that's got my name on the back... Yeah. Paul's selfless, so he's created so many world champions because he puts everyone before himself. And sometimes even his family is put second um, because he knows what we're capable of and he knows that has to happen. And it's the same story of a, a football coach or a boxing coach. Their, their passion and their life is coaching and the family always doesn't come second best, but sometimes at certain times they have to in order for the fighter to to progress. And Paul's very selfless like that, and he's done he's done so much for us. And and who can say me? If you just think about world champions, it's me, Fishy, and Paddy. Yeah. If you think it was because of him that Danny Roberts went to the UFC, um, it was because of him that Rosie, in in a sense, went to the UFC. So that's five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's five unreal people, and that's not even going back to all the people that before I was even at Next Gen, um, all the people he come into contact with who was in the UFC then. Do you know what I mean? So, um, he was on holiday in he's he's booked a holiday because him and his family never go away and they're going to Florida for two weeks. He 
spends £400 of his own money to change his flights to leave one o'clock in the morning Monday after May 27th on the chance one of us will get on the card. So, um, speaks volumes about him, yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? And, and that again, put not putting his family second, but sacrificing, yes, yeah, sacrificing sacrifice is yeah. needed to yeah. make it mm-hmm. obviously. Um, it's gonna be an amazing night, May 27th. Obviously, uh, I think for me, as much as seeing you walk out and Darren walk out in the atmosphere, I, I will take a second. And I heard your old Liverpool fight fans to take a second as well to just. You know, have a little look at Paul Rimmer and, and watch Paul make the ring oh walk God, because what a moment it is for him as like, well. So. I feel like I'm going to cry saying that. It's <laughs> what a moment for our city. Of course. It's going to be phenomenal. Moment. Absolutely phenomenal. Stick with us coming up in part three. I'm going to have some Molly, Molly about her teammates and about why we haven't got Paddy the Baddy and the people like this on the undercard as well. And we're also going to obviously talk about our opponent, Gillian Robertson, who's coming to Liverpool to get knocked out. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm still joined in the studio by the one and only meatball, Molly McCann. We are coming, Echo Arena, May 27th. 27th. We will be there with <laughs> the UFC, making its UFC debut in Liverpool. The Octagon is here at last. I'll be honest, Mal, I, like, I'm going to have murder if I'm not front row for this, you know, because oh I've been campaigning for this I know for 10, 10 years. years. <laughs> 10 years I've been saying, yeah. come to Liverpool. You know, I was covering Terry Etim's career, yeah. Sass's career, uh, Jason Tan covering all these guys and I was like UFC's got to come to Liverpool and so many times the UFC brass were going yeah yeah it's definitely going to happen definitely going to happen you know what we came close with Terry came very close with Terry Atom at one point but obviously Darren Till's finally made it happen do you know the do you know the 20 February 28th when I fought mm-hmm. they was going to put us on the Friday and then put the UFC on the Saturday that's how close it was that weekend wow. it was that close to coming Wow, that's insane. Could you imagine that? Yeah, That's going to end up happening, that. Because, you know, they do, like, an inv- on an International Fight Week, they'll put Invicta, like, the women's card on the Wednesday, yep. um, like, the tough finale, the Thursday, a fight night the Friday, and then, like, the big Doing one the on the Saturday. on the yeah. Saturday, yeah. Uh, they, they, we can do that, wow, yeah. that would have been mental. Wouldn't it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring something up now, then. Uh, please don't swear. <clears throat> you do know the night before is the Champions League final as well. Oh, my God. What would that mean if Liverpool You're not there. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what that would mean? That would mean an unreal weekend for this city. Exactly. I'm not. I'm 100%. not the worst bit of blue. I've I've wore the, the kit. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was an honour to put the kit on. Um, the training was amazing. I was at Liverpool. The coaching staff was amazing. The coaching philosophy that I learned there, I took into into what I do now. So I can't can't knock it. Just some of the fans just do my head. In. <laughs> We're just passionate about what we of course, do. That's of course, all. we are. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, in terms of this fight, then obviously this event, it's it's incredible, massive moments for your career. Of course, that's why we're all super excited. But I've got to ask you because there was a lot of talk going into it. As soon as it got announced, obviously the big talk was Molly and Paddy, Molly and Paddy, Molly and Paddy. For some reason, Chrissy's, Chrissy's not Chris Fishgold's not in the conversation right now. Give us a bit of an update on one, what's going on with Chris Fishgold, and two, um, why you think. Paddy, because Paddy, it wasn't a case of Paddy waited and then the UFC said no, whatever. Paddy distanced himself. Yeah, so he went no, no, it's not for me. Yeah, um, I know the in regards to Fishy, he has been offered contracts off three major fighting promotions, and he's he's now decided which one he wants to go with, and and they they're in talks with that. I can't say who it is. I can't say what it's about, but just know he's going to be making waves. June or July. Yeah. Um, he's in the gym. Great. He's oh, just, that's good. He just... 
It's, it's funny, Chris Fish goes, every time phone. I come near your gym, yeah. he's like Lord Luke, and I'm like, is Fishy around? No, no, no. you just missed him. I'm like, yeah. you always just miss Chris Fishcold. Yeah. Does he actually exist? No. He, <laughs> do you know, he, he comes in and he, you get a good hour out of him and then he's off. He's yeah. gone. He's, you know what he's like, but he's... Um, well, that's good that it's all working out for yeah, him. It's great yeah. that he's but, choosing know, he, his options. He hasn't got a phone, yeah. right? He's chose to, like, I'm not going to have a phone because I'm going to focus on my life and, and the gym. And then trying to get in touch with him is like, how do you even get in touch with someone who doesn't have a phone, right? But he just doesn't care. He, just, he rocks up whenever. And um, yeah, he's he's just gonna do him, and um, he's enjoying training, and yeah. and well, that's good, because that's, that's what he lives for. You know, he, I'll be honest. Of all the fighters I've known over the years, especially from this city, you know, some people are great at different things. Obviously, Fishy's an incredible mixed martial artist. Incredible. He doesn't enjoy the media side of things. He doesn't that, enjoy so that, that side that's of things. It. That's um, well, Terry Etten was kind of the same. He hated it. Terry hated speaking to media. Yeah, and look, it so it's not for some people, but um, someone said to me the other day, like your self promotion on social media, considering you've never been taught how to do it, is quite is like quite good. And I was just like, I'm just be, I'm only putting up something positive, a, a good quote, a decent song to get you in the gym, or like, or showing you what I'm up to. But I've never stopped. I've yeah. always done that. So people know I'm always training, and it's the same with Paddy. People, we are always giving someone stuff to talk about with food for thought. We get trolled. Fishy doesn't get trolled. Do you know what I mean? Because he's just like he just he comes in, chokes someone out, and gets off. <laughs> I see see you in two months. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, in terms of Paddy, um, Paddy's got he's got his roots to the UFC, and it was like me. I told you when I was going to go. Once I've won my title, I yeah. might defend it, but I'm ready. I'll be ready to yeah. go then. He was ready to go to the UFC um, a, a little while ago, I think. But he, when he lost to Nad, that was the realization of oh, I was doing this, I was doing that. Yeah. I need to change. And you seen. That last fight, what a switched on Patrick Pimbler can do. Now, he's got his demons he's getting rid of. He still wants his belt back. And I'm not sure. It, obviously, he wants to be champ champ. He doesn't mm -hmm. want to be champ champ. Um, he doesn't have to rush it. He's 23 and he's probably getting paid better off Cage Warriors than what UFC is going to give him. Yeah. So, he does, he, it, like the ball's in his court. He gets to, to keep developing, keep winning in, in flashy style. And, and I don't know. I think after you both won last time at the Echo Arena and then I came down to gym and was speaking to you both and I think there and then I was like, Paddy's definitely in the right place. He's so young. He's only just really had that realisation moment where he's gone, you know what? I can't fake this. I'm going to have to graft. Yeah. And Because if I graft, I can live, I've got so much potential yeah. to live up to. I can't cheat it no more. Mm. And I think the loss made that for him, which is amazing. Yeah. But he's only just had that realisation moment. I think to skip over to the UFC now at the age he's at, would have been a mistake. Yeah. And and I, if he'd have asked me, I'd have said the same thing. However, the fact that UFC is coming to Liverpool is a bit of a game changer. Yeah. So it's a bit like, it may not be back. You know you know what I mean? Because I think if Darren Till sensationally stops Wonderboy Thompson, and of course we he, all want him to. Then he's just going to fight in Vegas. Then look he? at Conor McGregor. Conor, yeah. Conor dragged the UFC back to Dublin. But then Conor was gone. Conor will never fight in Dublin again. Certainly yeah. not unless he leaves the UFC and God only knows what's going to happen there. But 
But what he left behind was this heritage of fighters to go, well, that guy can headline, that person can headline. And I think that's why I was like, the UFC have got to fa- sign Molly, Paddy, maybe Lee Chadwick, whatever, just to give us that route to go, okay, well, Darren's over here now challenging for the world title in, over in America. But let's go back to Liverpool again because it was the greatest atmosphere we've ever had. And you know what? We'll put Molly as co-main. Yeah. We'll put Paddy as co-main. Yeah. And that was the reason why I was like, oh, I don't want him to miss it. don't want him to pass it by. I, it shows, us, next it shows how confident he is yeah. in his own ability and where he's going on his own journey as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, Paddy was told, wasn't he? And it, it's like we, we all use the same word because it sticks with us. The teacher said, no, Paddy, you're not doing that. You're an academic. And, and you, jiu-jitsu... I don't know, my brain works different, so my striking IQ is much better than my jiu-jitsu IQ, but his jiu-jitsu IQ and his fight, he, he just knows, and he's so smart, and he will live and die by his sword. He doesn't care, he'll bite, he'll, he'll have no nose to bite his face, you know what I mean? So he, yeah. he's on his journey, and he's going to do it his way, and it could be to his downfall, or it could be not to his downfall, but it's his way, and he won't be told. And I I don't know, I, I just love him, I just... Our fight team, you come in every morning and it's not work. I mean, it, when I was getting ready for that world title fight, it was snowing, the gym had no heating. We'd all come in and we was like, oh, and no one wanted to be there. And it was really only me, Paddy, and two amateurs fighting. And everyone was just like, oh, my God, we're coming in to train with these because it's like, it was Pad- Paddy's redemption of me for the title, do you know what I mean? And then... So used to a flying, used to a looking to, you know... Choke necks and cast checks, and yeah. meanwhile the amateurs are coming. God, I've got oh, it's freezing. My God, yeah. I want to come in and Molly's like, going to batter me everywhere. Yeah, but my, my my training partners is just like I've got. Um, I kind of drill out and I do spar quite a lot now with Sophie, but she's like Paul Rimmer's jujitsu protege. Mm-hmm. She is like the next Paddy. Yeah. Um, Francis Breen, my little Fran, man like Fran. It was it was Paddy and Rosie. Um, Paddy used to train with Rosie because Paddy was still a teenager, could put it on her, and it, he he couldn't not he wouldn't be trying to knock her out. Yeah. Um. But the the strength levels was the same, and that's the same with me and Fran. Like I'll probably give Fran a harder spar than the people he fights. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But that's like he comes from the rotunda, so he's a boxer and he's got angles, and and we're really thinking and we're working each other out. And then I've got the two, I've got the twins, Aaron and Jamie Small. Um, they come from the Rotunda back in the day. Um, I've got Nathan. He's like a, he's a wrestling champ. Um, he won the belt at the at the bantamweight amateur belt on Cage Warriors. Um, what's I've got? It's such a thriving little gym. It's a you know I know most gyms just you come away and you think wow it's a real family atmosphere in there. But there it's just it's like love, isn't it? It's just yeah. like it's just like years ago when. The gym had like a little split a couple of years ago after fighters went and did their own thing and the other stayed with Paul. And I think back in them days, um, people's mindset, they was all it was all like, right, let's have it, we're gonna have a fight, that's what sparring is and and as we've all grown up, it's like no one argues anymore because no one goes out drinking and going on, on mad weekends. Like everyone's an athlete now yeah. so everyone respects everyone's craft and what that person's good at and we don't try and change no one everyone's their own blueprint we we haven't got this isn't a, a jiu-jitsu gym and we're just going to do that do you know what I mean because if you look at me I still don't go out there and try and choke people out um, but I don't get choked out and I don't get taken down very very often either so 
let's talk about your last fight before I ask you about the girl you're fighting on the UFC obviously your last fight when you won the world title Cage Warriors yeah Barney Tyrell um, weird afterwards because I've never seen a world title challenger who lost look so happy <laughs> she was like grinning from ear to ear that's bright she you just know, smiles it's, it's weird she's it's, an NHS nurse as well isn't yeah. she I know you were saying you, you guys were really close yeah. she was sparring partners everything else yeah I, like when I listened to the commentary I was like oh you're trying to like dig me down here like I'm fighting a part-timer when she does like two shifts a week in in the in the the hospital or the GP or something um oh, she's been around she's oh listen she's, she's traveled she's yeah, fought exactly. everywhere yeah. and she asked for it of course and, absolutely and but in that fight though you know I'm sitting cage side for that fight and in that fight I'm thinking to myself this sport's about levels and she's on a very much a domestic level, yeah. and you're on an international level. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was time. It was right. And, yeah. and looking back now, you think, well, yeah, of course the UFC have got to sign you. What are you, yeah. you going to do? You know, who, the, who are cage warriors so going to bring in now so to keep they, you busy? Yeah, so they're saying, like, I was getting people, like, you're fighting cans. I was like, you look at my last four opponents, they all had 15 to 20 more bouts than me. Absolutely. And you weren't saying I was fighting cans then. And then I fight someone who's got the same experience as me, and... I've made it look like she's never done MMA before. So that's the level that I'm at. Like, I can take someone who's had 30 more fights and I can take them to a decision yeah. and I can beat them comfortably. And when I fought that Brazilian, I don't know how she stayed on her feet because I must. she just she just didn't go down. Yeah. But then when I fought Bryony, I just... I everything came together at the right time. It was it was the it was the Cinderella story. It was like... It, it was always going to happen like that. It was in the stars. I said... Everyone asked me what I was going to do. I said, I'm going to feel her out in the face. I'm going to push her to the cage and I'm going to kill her against the cage in the second. Yeah. And and I'd always look for the knockout, but now I'm just thinking, I'm going to own it. And that was the first time where I'd faint at, and really just allow someone to come in and try and counter them. And I was like, I've got five rounds to play with you here. I haven't got to force nothing. Yeah. And that's where you get this this thing and fight me. Sometimes you feel it and it clicks. And it's like, it's like the first time in boxing you probably slip and come back with a straight right and you go... So instead of just drill for instead, hours. Yeah, instead yeah. of just standing there and doing that, you count and you're like, oh my, oh, so this, this is yeah, oh, this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to hit and not be hit. Of course. And um, any person who's going to come and fight me, I don't even care if I thought, if Joanna Janjajic came up to my weight because she's probably going to pop up now, I think, mm-hmm. and I fought her, I reckon she'd go for a takedown. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I'm that kind of, Bull who's who's not stopping, who's keep coming. It's like, how oh, do we stop this? Let's try and take her down. So, coming on to my opponent who I'm fighting. Yeah, she's twenty four. I think she's Gillian Robertson. Yeah. So we first seen her on tough, didn't she? She was on the tough season. Yeah, uh, she lost on tough, but then she bounced back, and she won on the on, Ultimate Fighter on finale. finale. Yeah, on she, a, in her debut. Yeah, she got a really slick armbar. Now I don't pay my opponents too much attention or respect them too much because I always say. The opponents and the level of fighters they've fought aren't on my level, so they're looking unreal when they they fought. They haven't really fought no one because America's that big. Everyone has a go. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Of course. And um, boxing's like that, isn't it? A lot yeah. of club level boxers. Yeah, you can uh, pad out a record pretty easily. Pretty easy. And I, I watched, I watched the hate. I watched one where she lost and one where she won. I was like, right, let's see. She's gonna give up. Let's see um, how she wins. And She's a brown belt in gay jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Comes from American top team, Joanna Janjicek's training partner. So they're in that one fingers. Her grappling is 
a lot more experienced than mine, but I'm like black belt for Dan in boxing. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I don't, I'm not too fussed about that. He training partners may be ex-world champions, this, that and the other, but I've got the fighting prides of the city training with me every day and Scouse kids and young teenage boys are going to give more than than ego trips out in American Top Team who think they think he doesn't stink, do you know what I mean? Of course, um, absolutely. She's going to break, I, I, I know that I've got this about me and people are willing to break. This is going to be a really hard fight if I let her clinch up She's got a good chance of getting me down. Um, no, I don't think she's got a good chance of getting me down. If she gets me down, she's got a good chance of keeping me there. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying she'll submit me. She doesn't look to strike on the on, on the, the ground. ground. She's looking for um, a pass, and then I'm, I'm going to look for an armbar or to take the back. But so was everyone. Yeah. Um, you can you can't condition a chin in six weeks, but you can defend. You can lean on on making sure no one defends up no one gets that back do you know what I mean so I honestly feel like if I don't get her out of there by the by the end of the first it'll be a beginning yeah, of the second again yes that's what we want I'm not co- big like, knockout prediction yeah of course I, I'm not listen, coming in to be like um, work overtime oh, I'm, um, I'm in the UFC Let listen me just... you're coming to start the party yeah. let's be honest with you Molly with McCann a, is starting the party and it's going to be insane May 27th the octagon finally touches down in Liverpool. Molly McCann will be starting the party. Darren Till will be finishing the party, baby. Oh, Tickets yeah. on sale this Friday to the public. 50, 75, 95, 115, 175 pounds for ringside. Visit echoarena.com. Do not miss out. By lunchtime Friday, I'm telling you, they will be all gone. If you can, register early. Get your tickets Wednesday or Thursday. But public sale is 10 a.m. on Friday morning. And just, just one final statement. Everyone in the city needs to listen to this. Molly does not have tickets to sell. <laughs> Leave her alone. She's training. Uh, um, but you know what? I'll always be as polite as possible. Um, Available for selfies. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, Available selfies, for selfies all day. Yeah. Any free gear that anyone wants to give. Oh, my God. Look, the UFC's just put me on. <laughs> Get 11 seconds. The UFC has just put me on. She's gone everywhere oh on social media. Oh, my God. Media. It's, it's going. Thank you so much, Mal, for coming into the studio. Thanks for... Uh, Go away now. The ground work, Wait, enjoy it. Yep. Do the hard part now that none yep. of us get to see. Yep. And then we'll be come back when the spotlight's on. Take care. You've uh-huh. been listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Check us out on social media at Fight Disciples. And I'll catch you here same time next week, half past six. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.